Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rivals. That's Ernie, I'm Monty, and together we're ready to talk the world of sports. But Ernie, I think this week we got to start with local sports and activity. We'll go from the most popular event and then we'll hit on some other events before we start talking about, of course, the NFL playoffs. But today was the Eddie. So for those of you that are not from Hawaii that may not know what the heck the Eddie is, Eddie Aikau Invitational runs every so many years because you have to have certain conditions. You must have consistent wave sets of minimum 25 feet and it has to be where it's not windy, it's not choppy. So the last time the event was held was back in 20 to 2016 and before that it was 10 to 20 years I believe between eddies. Right. So this is something that Hawaii people go crazy for. Imagine a beach with 50,000 people there watching this event. That's what happened today. I can't believe that. Ernie, were you there? No. You weren't? I mean, there were people I'm, there I'm, overnight I'm a water, to get seats. And I'm a water guy, too. And I can't believe that, uh, you know, some tingling in my body didn't uh, come out naturally <laughs> toward me. Give me forewarning that this was actually happening. It was on live streaming around the world. It was locally. It was on one of the the local TV stations the entire day. Luke Shepardson of Haleiwa Hawaii wins the Eddie. So the Eddie is named in honor of a gentleman named Eddie Aikau who died. Uh, He was a very famous lifeguard that saved many, 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 many lives. And and he died uh, trying to save somebody. Mm And his family has kept his legacy going by creating this event that is world-renowned for those that follow the surfing world. So, an incredible day. Waves of up to 50 feet today that's, uh, at Waimea Bay. That's, that's nuts. I remember 2016, I was actually in my office, and I had the—and you're not supposed to have the internet on, but they actually—this is the start of streaming. And I remember streaming the ADI call, and just my luck— like the the hour before I actually opened the branch, uh, the waves were flat. <laughs> it was like, come on. Yeah, there were periods there where I was like, what happened to the waves? But um, they eventually got it done. They started the first heat at 7, between 7 and 8 a.m. this morning. It ended shortly around 4 o'clock. See, I can't relate to even wanting to do that. Like for me, for those of you that are local on this island, like Pokai Bay is too rough for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too rough for me. So I'll stick to swimming pools at the hotel. <laughs> but congratulations to Luke Shepardson and congratulations to the fifty thousand people who bared at the the traffic, Where? the lack of sleep, and whatever it took to get out to Waimea Bay today. It How was a spectacle. Fifty thousand people on that beach. I, I, it's I. I have no idea, but I was grateful that I was watching it on TV in the comfort of my home and not in that traffic. Because getting there and not sleeping is one thing, 
But getting out of there after is, I can imagine how long it's going to oh, take oh, to would, get anywhere, whether you go left or right out of Waimea Bay. It's going to take hours, hours to get back to wherever your final destination is. Yeah. But again, congratulations, Luke Shepherdson. Congratulations to the iCow family. Um, pulling off an incredible event where surfers from around the globe fly here at the announcement that the eddy could go. It went today, and Luke Shepherdson won that title. Now, in local sports, Ernie and I are soccer coaches, although our days of coaching is a little bit gone already. Our girls have graduated. Some, My youngest has graduated college already. But last night, the OIA, same old teams, mm-hmm. year in and year out. Mililani wins again, 3-0 over Moana. Lua, Campbell, and Pearl City were in the third and fourth place game. All four teams will make the states. Mililani looks extremely impressive at this time. A convincing win. Ernie's daughter used to play at Moana Lua, but that was three years ago. So it's funny watching and not really recognizing yeah. girls for the first time in like 15 years that we're not fully aware we're of all anybody, the people. Yeah, any, any of them. That, I, I, knew, I, I knew of one. She was... Uh, she was uh, actually an, an all-star, a, a national goalie. But I, I know that she was a, a military girl, but she transferred. So other than her, I mean, you know, I really didn't know that many freshmen. I know when my daughter was a freshman, Juan Loa, you knew the talent, the freshmen. I mean, they had some freshmen starting. I didn't. My daughter's senior year, that's this class that's playing in that championship game. I don't re- recall that many, but so they, they must have a lot of underclassmen that are really good. So... You know that Moanalo program, Nikki. You're you're doing a great job. You know, keep it going, girl. Yeah, I mean, it continues to be. And in the ILH, it looks like a showdown between Kamehameha and Punahou. Both teams are 7-0-2 with both ties coming against each other. So they look to be, they'll be playing for the ILH championship on Tuesday. The winner gets the seeded bid. um, And then the loser will play to get the ILH's second bid. So that's local soccer, something that Ernie and I have been passionate about for a long time. Great to see the state tournament coming around and being able to watch that as we go uh sports the basketball team on the mainland tough road trip they had to play irvine on saturday riverside on sunday uh on no irvine on thursday riverside on saturday they actually got a split which considering both teams were at the top of the conference was a great thing so they come home now with a record of um 15 and 5, 6 and 2 in conference, just a half game behind Irvine. Big and Santa Barbara, big game on Thursday at the Stan Sheriff. Santa Barbara's coming to town. Hawaii needs to beat Santa Barbara if they want to keep their hopes of a Big West championship in play. Great, great, great for that team. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, positioning yourself and the way the playoff system works, you know, you still got the playoff tournament. I mean, to get to the championship is basically seeding at this point and then what you do within the tournament. But you want to make that path the easiest, easiest as possible. So that's the way to do it. I mean, a uh, lot of parity within, uh, you know, the league this year. But, you know, the the Warriors were, were picked high. So I expect them, you know, especially with this great sp- with this great start, I expect them to make some rumbling noise and, you know, hopefully, you know, avoid the NIT. I, I, I want to get to that dance, baby. 
Not yeah. the NIT. Go for the dance. Absolutely. So, the, again, big game this week. Thursday against Santa Barbara. The Wahine, on the other hand, are starting to play well like they always do. Laura Beeman does an incredible job peaking at the right time. They're now moving their way up the Big West. They're 5-3 and three now in the upper half, uh, making their plotting their strategy to see if they can get back to the big dance because the Wahine made it to the big dance last year. So, Ernie, now let's transition into the NFL. But we're going to stick with a local flavor. Before we get to the games, those of you in Hawaii, especially those of you that are on social media, Tua Tonga sent out a tweet on Friday that the only word that I can use to describe it was kind of cryptic. I mean, if you have not seen it, just Google Tua Tonga Friday tweet. But it essentially showed two pictures and the message in the tweet went along the lines of when one chapter ends uh, yeah looking forward looking to, forward to, to the a, next yeah, chapter looking, yeah. but the way the pictures was you know the the left side was him getting into the huddle with his team like he's in the middle of of calling a player being a part of a play and on the right side which is looking forward to what the future holds it was him standing with a whitish background as almost as if he was going to heaven. I mean, if you if you read the post, there are some people who said that, like, Tua, why are you going to heaven? But it gave that that appearance that he was leaving. So let's unpack this a little bit, Ernie, because I know the people of Hawaii have keen interest in Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So I want to get your opinion. You saw the tweet. Your opinion. What does that tweet mean? What message is he trying to convey? Uh, well, I hope, well, first of all, let's just hope it's not, well... You know, I always want to think that uh, you know, Tua, we he looks out for his his health first, health first and foremost, above everything else. Okay, but at the same time, I hope he's not retiring. You know, we I I have a feeling that Tua, his family is is I'm I'm I don't know if they're they're uh, very re- religious. You know, th- it does look like this is something that he's looking up to the. Looks like clouds, beams are shining down on him and he's looking up. Uh, it could very easily be just that, you know what, I'm getting, uh, I'm putting this last season of injury plague, uh, you know, troubles behind and, you know, hoping that next year is just something. But it could be as simple as that, but it definitely puts a, a concerning <laughs> stir into my head that, whoo. Maybe he's thinking about retiring. Yeah, so there's three components to this. Like Ernie said, I mean, it could be that he's been advised to walk away and he's going to walk away. Um, And if he did, again, I've talked about this before. As someone whose daughter went through a concussion, seeing to a situation this year and understanding uh, life is more than, than football. And he's made a reasonable amount of money already where his family should be secure moving forward. That could be the, what he was saying. Um, I think that's the third least likely thing. I, I don't believe Tua is going to retire. I believe he's going to come back. I believe he wants to come back. The second thing could just be 
He's just messing with everybody. You doing this tweet so people talk about it, which we are. So from that perspective, <laughs> it works. And it could just be the season is done. The past is the past. I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking towards the future. And that might be where those beams are coming from. Right. I think that could be the second most likely situation. But the one that I think is the most likely is that Miami has told Tua they are moving on from him. And I and the reason I say that is those of you that follow Tom Brady closely, earlier this week Tom Brady rented a house in the Miami area for $70,000 a month. Now he's a bachelor, so I think it's pretty clear he's not going back to Tampa Bay. But he didn't get a $70,000 house in Vegas. He didn't get a $70,000 house in the Bay Area where he would be rumored to go to the Raiders or maybe the Niners. He rented a $70,000 a month house in Miami. And there were rumbles last year that they were trying to get Tom Brady to come to Miami. I think that's going to happen. Now, whether Tom Brady comes there and Tua backs him up and, and rests a year to recuperate, or they're going to trade Tua and sign Tom Brady, I think that that's, that's going to happen in this particular case. Really? That's kind of where I'm leaning. I, 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 wow. I think the signs are pointing that Tom Brady is going to play one last year in Miami and be somehow a part of an ownership group there going forward. <coughs> now, I, w- I would have said, I'm mean, sorry to cut you off, but I would have said that if this was Tom Brady two or three years ago, then yes. Uh, Tom Brady couldn't even, I mean... Yes, I was a little bit concerned about the Dallas Tampa Bay game last week, but they got they got demolished. And for it, for Tampa Bay to put all their eggs in that Tom Brady basket, knowing that the you know the horizon is 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 here for him uh, when tools is you know you, you, it's just coming up. I mean that's not that doesn't sound like a, a Miami move. Although you know it. it by having the house there, it it, it it shows some concern. From a from a GM standpoint, that's, in my opinion, a very risky move. Well, I think, yeah, from a player's perspective, I think Tom Brady definitely has shown some erosion this year, finally, at age right. 45, 46 years old. Um, but they are extremely talented on the offensive side of the ball with an offensive coach. And... I think that would be appealing to Tom. But I think it's the whole ownership thing. Like if he if he's going to come there for one year and then eventually be an owner, I can see value in him for one more year. But I think if Miami is going to do this at this point in time, if there's an ownership package coming, Tom Brady doesn't need a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I would keep Tua and have Tom Brady. And that way you're relatively protected. You mean you still have two more years of Tua? before you have to make a decision on him on franchising or letting him go Uh, by next year you're gonna have to announce if you're gonna pick up his fifth year option which you don't have to do at this point in time you can just let it ride you don't have to do that Um, but as much as I love Tua and as great of a season as he's had I think you have to be blind not to realize that he is difficult to trust staying healthy. Yeah, that's true. He's never, even at Alabama, right. he had the ankle surgeries, right. and then he had the catastrophic hip injury, um, and that continued last year with a finger injury, and this year the concussions. 
Um, my fear is he's just so small. And for somebody, I've had hip replacement surgery. So with his hip, you're going to be limited in how strong you can get your legs. Like Jalen Hurts can squat 500 pounds. Tua's not going to be able to do that with his hip condition. And he's so tiny that he gets thrown around like nobody else in the NFL where he's constantly banging his head on the ground because he's being thrown and I don't see him being able to strengthen his legs you may be able to do things to strengthen your upper body but if your legs are weak you're still going to go flying so I hope I'm wrong um, or if he does get traded maybe he gets traded to to the Raiders and he's closer home but uh that's kind of my thought I think Tom Brady's headed to Miami whether or not Tua stays there or not is remains to be seen but Miami needs to recoup some assets that they gave up to get Tyreek Hill. So I can mm-hmm. see them trying to do that. Um, but we'll see. That's kind of two quarterbacks in one that I wanted to talk about. The, the whole Brady thing um, and then the Tua thing. And then there's Derek Carr who announced that he's leaving. He said bye to all the Raider nations. Where do you think Derek Carr is going to pop up next year? Ooh, that, that, I mean, there's plenty of... I mean, you got the Houston situation over there. I mean, there's a number of places. I think he's going to—I think he's, he, you know, Derek Carr's in that, that uh, time of his career where I don't know if he can uh, really look to seek Super Bowls, if you can call it that. So, I, I de- you know, and with Brock Purdy playing as well as he is, and they still have Trey Lance there, I don't think that's the, you know, the situation that he goes in there. Derek Carr will definitely try to become a, a, a starter out there. So yeah, we, a lot of rumblings about the Jets, about the Jets going after him. It looks like the Jets have had enough of Zach Wilson already. Really? After two years, a lot of rumblings. The, the offensive coordinator was fired. They're not happy with how he handles himself. He completes only 50% of his passes. There's a lot of rumblings that Derek Carr to New York is going to happen uh, whether it's the Jets or the Giants even there's some people that think he may go to the Giants I can see the Giants um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be real intriguing to see where the the quarterback carousel goes and then you mentioned the 49ers they announced this week not publicly but privately for those that follow uh, in the inside that Brock Purdy will be the quarterback of the 49ers next year so with that, Trey Lance sent out a cryptic tweet, and it looks like the 49ers are going to move on from Trey Lance and wow. send him packing somewhere to try to recoup some of um, those assets that they gave up to get him. So you could have the number two pick last year in Zach Wilson, the number three pick last year uh, in Trey Lance, both shipped off after their second seasons by that's, their teams. That's crazy. I think that's that is way too early. We've seen in years past. I mean, many years past. Pittsburgh Steelers have done it uh, several times uh, prior to uh, you know this millennium, where they let go uh, one Johnny Unitas way too early. You know, I, I, I'm especially with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance are both young. They both came out early as we can see i mean purdy is purdy older than trey lance purdy is i believe they're close to the same same age. i mean yeah. i i i love purdy's poise he is uh you know he definitely does not play like a rookie but he he's limited yeah he is limited he's but limited why i don't want them to keep purdy but i understand is purdy was mr irrelevant 
So if Garoppolo leaves and Trey Lance leaves, they're not going to be paying their quarterback nothing for the next four years, meaning they can keep Bosa, they can keep all their other players because right. their quarterback's going to be making literally the minimum amount right. that can be paid. So from that perspective, you get rid of Trey Lance and his guaranteed salary that'll get to 10, 15, 20 million. You get rid of Garoppolo at 28. That's now $48 million yeah. to spend on keeping your other assets. And if San Francisco can keep the core of that team together with Purdy, that does not bode well for my Rams for the next four years because that team is stacked. The only hope was they can't pay everyone. Now they might be able to because their quarterback is going to be making pennies. I I just can't see it. I mean, Trey Lance has not had a shot. To me, Wilson is way too young. I mean, I, I, I would at least let him play out his rookie uh, rookie campaign, you know, uh, yeah, he has been, he hasn't played well, but they fired his offensive coordinator, so maybe that was part of the problem. You you never know. I mean, the guy the guy is an enigma. I mean, he was when he was at BYU. I mean, he was you know he was flavor of the year basically. Yeah. He so. was Mahomes like, but again, sometimes when you get to the the competition changes and you're not able to do the things that you used to do at BYU against lesser teams, right? Um, there's not a lot of patience in the NFL right now. I mean, there's not a lot of patience. So that's that's the intriguing thing. And it's kind of weird, Ernie, that from the quarter, I mean, from the coaching perspective, that it's not head coaches getting fired this year. There are ten offensive coordinators that have already been fired. So they're taking the rap instead of the head coaches and there are a few defensive coordinators getting uh fired sean mcveigh pretty much clean house out of the 11 coaches only four are coming back he let the other seven go um really 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 interesting we're 22 minutes in that's ernie i'm monty we haven't even talked about the games yet so let's talk about the action <laughs> over the weekend gosh can you tell that we're, we're so into the off season already because our teams are in the off season <laughs> but there is football to be played yesterday um i think the big news is not that the chiefs beat the jaguars 27 to 20 the big news is that Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain that he played through yesterday uh, and they survived the Jags. But I have my concerns now that they're going to play the red hot Cincinnati Bengals who went into Buffalo and just steamrolled them. Yeah. 27-10, they dominated. I mean, they really dominated that game from start to finish. Cincinnati's coming in. They already beat them last year in the AFC Championship game. Kansas City's an early one-point favorite. But with Patrick Mahomes at best hobbled next week, I like the Bengals. Easily. I mean, I would like the Bengals, uh, well, I, you know, just riding on the momentum that uh, I, 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 I said throughout the, the year on the Bengals, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, that, uh, you know, I would have liked them even with uh, a healthy Mahomes. But high ankle sprains, as we know, they don't heal within a week. Yeah. They don't. And part of Mahomes, uh, you know, part of his arsenal is being flexible, even in the backfield. Not that he runs a lot, but being mobile to get out of that pocket and reposition themselves for his receivers. 
he's not going to have that. I mean, I can see a third and long and, you know, the Bengals defense, look what they did to Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Josh was didn't have a high ankle speed. He had a very difficult time against that Bengals defense. Yeah, that Bengals defense is playing better and better and better, just like last year. They yeah. came on strong at the end. They're doing the same thing this year. Um, I agree. I mean, I think if he's hobbled, part of his genius is his creativity yeah. and the creativity out of the pocket or, you know, just improvising and, and those kinds of opportunities. It's just not going to be there. And if he tries, that's when interceptions can happen, pick sixes can happen, uh, and that's what happened last year in the second half where he threw so many interceptions. Yeah, and, so, he, and he had Tyreek last year. He doesn't yeah. have Tyreek this yeah, year. Yeah, so he doesn't have as as good of the weapons. I think Cincinnati comes in and beats Kansas City, but let's give them credit. Since Patrick Mahomes has become a starter five years ago, he's made it to the AFC Championship game all five years as the number one seed all five years. The only thing is he's only made it to two Super Bowls, and I don't think he's going to get there now. So I think he's going to go to two and three in AFC Championship games, and Joe Burrow's going to go to two and oh. That's my early thought on the AFC, and you seem to agree with that. Yeah. So let's talk NFC. I mean, I think yesterday we didn't know what to expect from the Eagles. They were kind of fluttering down the stretch. Um, Jalen was out. Lane Johnson was out. Both of them were back yesterday. Wow, you see the impact that Lane Johnson makes on that right side. And they steamrolled the Giants 38-7 from the very beginning. They dominated that game. Um, Very impressive outing by the Eagles yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they saw how the Giants, you know, went into Minnesota and, you know, upset them. They weren't going to have any part of it. That was not going to be any part of their game plan. They went to them early, started off, I believe it was like 24-28-0. Even before Saquon had that big run over there, it was not, it wasn't close. Daniel Jones was running for his life. I mean, it, it was pivotal. The Giants actually could have made this, had another score, but, you know, they were so flustered. They dropped, uh, to me, an easy uh, uh, ball that Daniel Jones uh, threw and that could have made it at least 14, that could, could have given them at least 14 points, but Philadelphia took it to them. So that matchup next week against San Francisco is going to be, that's going to be a doozy. That is. I mean, San Francisco. And what I believe, we'll wait to see what the ratings show uh, tomorrow. But I got to think this Dallas-San Francisco game drew massive ratings. I I would bet that it's probably the highest rated NFL playoff game, not including the Super Bowl in the recent memory. Because you're talking about two marquee names. Um, But a slugfest. You know, Dallas matched San Francisco's physicality toe to toe. It ended up being 19 to 12. I thought it would be a higher scoring game. Definitely. Dak had a Dak game. He was brilliant against Tampa Bay, but he was more Dak-like here. Costly interception early that led to a field goal. A costly interception uh, just as they were going in for a touchdown that kept them from scoring. Um, one touchdown, two interceptions. Dallas, I was impressed by their physicality and their ability to control the run game of San Francisco, who's been rolling teams. They've been averaging 40 points for the last month and a half. But they, they, the Eagles should be taking notes because the Eagles have that same kind of physicality to match San Francisco. So where I thought San Francisco was clearly going to get to the Super Bowl after watching today's game and watching the Eagles game yesterday, 
Eagles are two-point favorites. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a toss-up. It's going to be a hell of a NFC Championship game. I think it's going to be a good championship game. I think it's going to, it's it's definitely going to come down to who can hold on to the ball. It's going to come down to turnovers. Who can force the most turnovers and who could do the most damage with those turnovers? Uh, you know, San Francisco had their two today. Dallas Dallas couldn't reproduce uh, reproduce that uh, from their defense. Uh, Michael Parsons did play well. I thought he got into Brock Bur- uh, Purdy's face and really pressured him, but uh, just not enough. I, n- I really never thought that San Francisco was, you know, in any trouble. Even with Maher, you know, the much maligned kicker who missed four extra points last week and his first extra point to begin this game, uh, he finally broke that streak. But, you know, it just never felt, and I didn't have a dog in this game, it just never felt that, uh, San Francisco was ever in trouble. It looked like they were almost in cruise control. I thought that Dallas was playing above their, uh, ab- uh, you know, above their abilities, and San Francisco was not. Uh, it prevailed to be where it was a, a closer game than actually I thought it was going to be. Just the way how the you know the flow of the game went, but you know, just sneaky taking a sneak peek into next week's game uh, against Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia's got a lot more firepower. Yeah, on both sides of the ball. And and Philadelphia has, if not the best, one of the best offensive lines. Yeah. And that's kind of what you need. That's why Kansas City had so much success at San Francisco. The last time San Francisco lost was way back in week six, uh, seven against Kansas City. But Kansas City has one of the best offensive lines. I think those two have the two best offensive lines in football. Mm -hmm. And I think the Eagles are going to watch what Dallas did defensively. And they're going to watch what Kansas City did offensively and try to duplicate some of that success. Yeah. So I know personally, I'm all Eagles next week because I don't want the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think it's it's a toss up because I think you're talking. I think it's the two best teams in the NFC for sure. I agree. And I think it's the two best teams in the AFC because Buffalo has faded down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. So I think we have the four best teams in the NFL playing next week for the NFC and AFC championships. I agree. I'm, I, I agree a hundred percent, a thousand percent on on, on on you know on, on top of that. I, uh, San Francisco. Uh, I picked them as the uh, NFC Super Bowl representative early yeah. in the season. I just don't think. I, I mean, if, if the game were played tomorrow, I would. I would lean towards. I think the only way that Philadelphia loses this game is they're going to lose the turnover battle, and if, that and that could happen. Yeah, that could happen. I think weather is going to be a factor too. I think if uh, if it's bad weather, I think that helps Philadelphia honestly because we haven't seen really Brock Purdy in bad weather, um, but the guy has proven to be extremely calm so i don't think that's going to be the problem um you can't but it's going to be interesting you can't call him yeah the guy's a rookie but you can't call him a rookie i mean so much so much poise like you said uh they're gonna change that uh mr irrelevant tag (laughs) next year but it's gonna be crazy in Philadelphia next weekend. Those fans are going to be rabid. So that's gonna be exciting. Again, it's Philadelphia two-point favorites early over San Francisco, and it is Kansas City as a one-point favorite. Uh, this week I had put out late in the week. I mean, yesterday I had put out right before the game started. 
My thoughts were Kansas City laying the points. That didn't happen with the late field goal by the Jags. I had the Giants covering. That was brutal. Rebounded today with the Bengals plus the points and the 49ers covering. So two and two on the weekend. Not bad. If I had to pick right now, if I had to bet right now, my best bet would be Cincinnati plus one. Me if too. I had to take somebody in the Philadelphia game, who I would struggle right now. I would just I would go with my heart and say Philadelphia laying the two. I would. I would concur on both of your takes on top of that. <laughs> I, I, I picked I pick San Francisco uh, in the beginning of the year, but right now, if push came to shove, I would take the Eagles. Well, that's going to be interesting. So tell us what you think. Uh, go to our social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. There are a lot of San Francisco 49er fans here in Hawaii. Yeah. So I'm sure there's going to be a ton of them that are waiting to tell us that we're idiots uh you already called me an idiot because i'm a rams fan <laughs> bring it on bring yeah, it on yeah, we're yeah. ready we're ready for that so let's transition again that's ernie i'm monty we are the sports rivals part of the hawaii sports radio network let's transition to the nba your celtics red hot again on a nine game winning streak they lead the nba with a 35 and 12 record they've opened up a four and a half game cushion over philadelphia um Tell us how the Celtics are doing the last two weeks. Uh, I, I think they're they're playing okay ball. I don't think it's the best ball they've been playing. Uh, far from it, to, to be honest with you. Their three-point shooting uh, still hasn't gone back to what it was in the beginning of the year. The thing is, is they're just playing better defense. And I think that came back with the... Uh, you know, with the availability of one Rob Williams, they're actually playing a lot better defense now. Uh, they reestablished themselves as a as a top ten defense. I think in the you know the month of January, probably top five. I mean, uh, they st- they stopped the red hot Nats, albeit they did not have Kevin Durant. They you know they took care of business over there. Uh, the Warriors. That was a very interesting game. The Celtics shot. Until the last three, their their last three three pointers, they're shooting twenty five percent from three point range. Uh, they're still uh, able to push that thing thing into overtime, and then overtime, uh, you know, the lower averages they they just played one. They out uh, they outplayed the the Warriors even with crucial turnovers by. Uh, Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart, they were still able to survive that one. Boy, my heart was, I was ready to to give up on that game. Yeah, I mean, Golden State seemed to have relative control of that game all the way until the very end. The Celtics made a run, got it into overtime, and once once it got to overtime, there are older legs with the with the Warriors, uh, and the Celtics just kind of cruised in, in overtime yeah. uh, over the Warriors. So speaking of Warriors, they play Brooklyn right now, Ernie's other second-best team, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> That's it's 116 115 Warriors with a minute left. So that's another shootout situation going on there. So Ernie, the voting for the All-Star game has closed. They have not announced yet who the All-Stars are going to be. We'll have what our All-Stars should be probably next week. We'll go ahead and say who who we believe are, well, maybe two weeks from now as we get a little bit closer. Or if they announce the teams, then we'll share. But as of right now, nothing has changed. It's LeBron, the Joker, and AD at the forward positions. Steph and Luka at the guards in the East. Um, it is Giannis has passed Kevin Durant with Kevin Durant being out injured, but it's still Giannis, Durant, and Tatum. Tatum's opened up a little bit more room over Joel Embiid, which is actually kind of surprising because Embiid is having a good year too. Yes. Um, 
but they're all going to make it. And then it's Kyrie and Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt and nothing really close there. So it really seems like these five are going to be the starters. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think uh, in my opinion, I don't think Kyrie should be in there. He's averaging 27 points a game. Jalen Brown's averaging 27 <laughs> and 7. Well, I think, <laughs> but I think. And the coach is going to be. Joe Mazzulla. Yeah, so he's gonna make it. He's definitely gonna. He's definitely gonna make it. Uh, Jalen Brown, but I think Jalen Brown should make it over Donovan Mitchell. You know, as well. So Kyrie is popular for whatever reason. So Kyrie is so far ahead. But there's an argument that I mean, Donovan Mitchell is having a good year too, and Cleveland is doing well. But I, I do think Jalen Brown should be a starter with the kind of season he's having. Um, but yeah, I mean, where is Donovan Mitchell? Because he's been out. Well, I guess Donovan Mitchell is averaging twenty eight point four points. So those three are all going to make it. Um, it's just a matter of personal preference, and we all know how much Ernie loves Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, uh, my favorite, baby Kyrie, baby Kyrie. No, I'm I'm, I'm serious. With, with trying to put all biases aside, Jalen Brown is a two way player. He plays offense and and. We all know Kyrie doesn't play defense. If he plays defense, it's it's a good night for him to play defense. You know, I mean, no, I agree. I mean, I, I agree that Jalen Brown is a more well-rounded player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll definitely make the All Star, and I think that's that's all that really matters. But I think from a you always have you know a little bit of ego, and you want to <laughs> you want to be voted, and you want the fans to like you. So um, no surprises there. Again, we'll have our full All Star teams, and that's going to be intriguing because. Because of the way the NBA is, if you just go about stats, there are absurd stats being produced this year. So many players averaging 30-plus points because there's so much scoring in the NBA. So it's really going to be a matter of what do you value, what does Ernie value, and what makes an all-star, what do I value, and what makes an all-star. Because just because you're a high-scoring player doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make the all-star exactly. team. Exactly, exactly. Like, um, Damian Lillard is averaging 29 points a game, but he's missed a lot of time. I don't think he's going to make it. I mean, I think SGA will make it. You know, I love over, SGA. Averaging over 30. So it's going to be interesting. So we'll dive in Marketing. to our all-star yeah. our, our, our uh, teams as we get a little bit closer to the all-star game, at least knowing who the <laughs> starters are. Yeah, uh, th- I mean, if if I were to put it all right now, there there are definitely some snubs out there. I mean, uh, but the the fan vote is for the fans, so I I, I can see that standpoint. Fifty percent of the voting will be based upon the fans, twenty five from the players, and another twenty five from uh from the coaches and media. So we'll see how it plays out towards the end. But at this point, you know, I I can have my complaints on who the fans uh go for, but. In the end, it's a fan game. My only complaint is I kind of believe yep. that Austin Reeves has not moved up from the number <laughs> nine spot. So Russell Westbrook is still six and Austin Reeves. No, Austin Reeves moved up to eight. Oh, he, my God. He's ahead now of Devin Booker and somebody else. <laughs> Austin Reeves. There you go, fan votes. There you go, fan voters. <laughs> he's ahead of Jordan Poole, who's 10. Anyway, that is NBA talk. My Lakers are just doing what the Lakers do, just hanging around, hoping for AD to come back. Oh, and, and getting all those all-star votes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang, so I'm going to transition into my closing thoughts. So we spent a lot of time on local sports, some NFL talk, brief NBA talk. 
you know if you've been listening regularly that I like my lists. So I thought I'd do something fun. I would encourage your participation and your feedback. Tell us what you think. Uh, I'm sure I, I can't wait to hear what Ernie thinks, but I'm going to spit off to you guys who I have as the best sports cities in America. I'm going to go in reverse order. Um, at number five, I have... Philadelphia. They have one of the most passionate fan bases. They have the Eagles who has just won a Super Bowl. They have the Phillies who just played in the World Series. They have the Sixers that have had world titles and are always going to be uh, ready to reckon with. They have the Flyers. They have Villanova who has won multiple championships at the NCAA level recently. And then they have the Philadelphia Union uh, in the in the world of soccer. So I have them at five. At number four, San Francisco. Of course, the 49ers going to play the Eagles for a trip to the Super Bowl next week. Golden State's had a mini dynasty run um, in the world of the NBA. And then the Giants have won three world championships in the last 11 years. So San Francisco, they don't have the depth of sports now, um, especially when you factor that the Raiders are gone, you know, etc. So you have those three teams all doing well, but you don't have the vast array of teams that you have in other cities. Surprisingly to some, to, uh, to everybody, and I'm sure Ernie's going to be surprised here at number three, Tampa Bay. Because recently you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers with an NFL championship. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the NHL rolled off three in a row just recently. And then the Tampa Bay, the Devil Rays are always in contention as played in multiple World Series. So, again, they don't have quite the depth. The only reason I have them ahead of San Francisco at this point is more championships in the last five-year period. I think the Giants and the Warriors titles extend a little bit further out. So barely Tampa Bay over San Francisco at number two, Boston. Boston, you have the Celtics that have... 17 championships or 18? 17. 17? <laughs> Trying for 18. We want to keep it right there at 17. <laughs> you have the Patriots who dominated over a 20-year period with Tom Brady there. The Red Sox have won a number of World Series championships recently. And the Boston Bruins, Bruins. have been really good, good this um, year too. In, in, in the NHL. But the number one championship city in the United States has got to be Los Angeles. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You have the world champion Rams in the NFL. The 2020 champ Dodgers who have dominated except World Series over the last 10 years. You have the Lakers, the most championships in NBA history. No. <laughs> Where are you getting your history? In modern NBA history. <laughs> And then you have the likes of the Clippers. <laughs> you have the Galaxy. You have the MLS champs, LAFC. Yeah. You have the Kings. You got Mickey Mouse. And then you, you got have, Mickey Mouse. You have USC. You have UCLA. It's just a plethora of sporting teams in Los Angeles. So LA is my number one. So Philly five, San Francisco four, Tampa Bay surprising three, Boston two, and the LA 
seen at number one. So before I get into other cities, I want your feedback on on my five or somebody I'm missing that you that you find obvious. And okay. please don't say Pittsburgh. No, it's not Pittsburgh. <laughs> the, for, yeah, I, mean, I could only argue with the Steelers and the Penguins. Back in the seventies, when the when Pirates the, were when good. the Pirates won yeah, and the no, Steelers are dominating. No, no, it, it's not like that. I mean, if you're gonna talk about actual championships, I mean, I can't I can't really argue with there even that type of bay that that caught me off surprise and then I had to think back oh yeah you know they had these number of teams with and that's the recent there's yeah. definitely a recency yeah, bias exactly exactly and and it, and if you I mean and really the Celtics can't uh, be put in that champion although they've been through to a number I mean they'll challenge any city in regards to getting to the Eastern Conference Championship but actually playing in the NBA Finals I mean that has been uh, few and far between since last year. I mean, they're going to uh, make a push for this year. And the, the Patriots really haven't been uh, very good, you know, since Tom Brady, even re- since Tom Brady's last two years over there. So it's been, it's, been, it's been quite a while for that. So I'll have to agree with you as much as I hate it that, yeah, as if we're going to put recency bias in this formula that the... Los Angeles-based teams. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's just like it's just like a, it's it's like a weekly parade. They're celebrating a championship of some sort. Yeah, this one makes it it makes it hard. It makes it difficult for me to to add, uh, give you full admission in regards to that. They're they're. Yeah, they're one of the best. But Let's you know what? If we're, but it's been a rough year this year because the Dodgers, for all their mighty, went out fast. The Rams and the Lakers are still struggling. Um, but we're not only talking about the last couple of months. We're talking about the last few years. So I've got L.A. at number one. Now, other cities, I don't want to ignore some of your other favorite cities, but other cities to mention, of course, Chicago. The Bulls had that run with Michael Jordan. You have both the White Sox and the Cubs um, there. You have the Bears, who haven't been good for a while, but they love their sports in Chicago. Of course, New York City, yeah, although yeah. they have really struggled recently in some sports, but the Yankees and Mets are at the top of the major leagues right now. Now, the Knicks have been pretty bad. Yeah. I guess Brooklyn is con- is is in New York now, so they would be considered there. So there's some success with, in Brooklyn, more so than the Knicks. Um, but their football teams, the Giants, back in the playoffs this year, but it's been... I, it's been a little soft for the Giants in the last 10 years. You have to go back a little bit before they win. But you can't ignore New York when you're talking about the best of any kind of city in the United States. Denver is not bad. I mean, you had the Broncos who were good for a time. You had the Nuggets that are good now. Um, the baseball team hasn't been really good. Phoenix, I mean, the Cardinals had some teams. The Suns are in the finals. Um, but... Not good enough to crack to crack the top. The Diamondbacks were good 20 years ago, but mm-hmm. that's too long ago. Houston, the Astros won a title, but the Texans and the Rockets are so brutal that that drags them down. Plus, they cheat. And then there's <laughs> Dallas. I mean, the Cowboys, the Mavericks, um, the Rangers are spending a ton of money bringing people in. Those are just other cities. But the only one, actually, none of them do I think really challenge the top five but they have good sports cities. Yeah, and if you're if you just if you're saying professional sports, yeah, there's no argument. You bring in uh, the college sports in there, and, and then you've got then you've got a uh, you know you can make arguments. I mean, 
you you you're gonna have to mention some SEC uh, cities in there. You know, as far as I mean, you cannot ignore Alabama. I mean, even though that's the only thing in there, yeah. just the fact that they've been so relevant at a high level that at, for for so long that uh, that you know they're just gonna skew that side of the the coins. So. But I think if you ask the the most of the people in America, what city is Alabama in? <laughs> they wouldn't even know. <laughs> Tuscaloosa is the answer, gang. It's Tuscaloosa. That's right. Oh, hey, Ernie, remember I told you Lakers were down 71-46 at halftime? They're now up 107-103 Ooh, in sque- the fourth quarter. They're squeezing them. They're squeezing. We're coming back. We're coming back. We're just where we want them, where we blow the lead towards the end of the game. <laughs> it's what happens all the time. So again, gang, please, Tell us what you think. Do you have a, a sports city? Maybe we missed something that's fairly obvious um, to you that we missed on. Do you think one of the cities that are lower in my ranking should be number one? Well, actually, number one is out of the question. I mean, number one is pretty solid. There's no doubt that L.A. is number one. But maybe two, Boston can drop down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's Facebook and uh, and I, IG and Facebook. It's Sports Rivals Podcast. And on Twitter, it's Sports Rivals Pod. We love to hear what you have to say. And don't forget, we are part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Check out Ku'ule and Alan Mia every day on Wake Up in the Den, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., 7 960 AM 95.1 on your FM dial. If you are a Clipper fan, I'm not sure why. We carry their Clipper games as well. <laughs> USC Dallas, they're done. So they're not going to be there until next year. And all the OIA sports, they do an incredible job right now with OIA uh, basketball is, is, is the feature there. They do a great job. HPU sports as well. Check out Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Again, it's 95.1 FM, 760 AM. Ernie. Anything else you want to go over? I'm good. You're good. Again, next week's NFC Championship, Philadelphia and San Francisco. AFC, it's Kansas City and Cincinnati. Can Ernie go right and pick the two Super Bowl teams from before the season started? He's got a great chance with San Francisco and Cincinnati, the two teams that he picked. I had Buffalo and my Rams. <laughs> I went out in week three. All right, gang, for the sports rivals. Until next week, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.